0: about the chance to- that in this section of Paul's letter to the Philippians, he is highlighting the importance of gospel partnership, and I think he is also demonstrating the importance of gospel affirmation. I have not listened to all of the exposition from the elders that you can find on our website or on our podcast, but I did listen to James' introduction to Because I I think that James hit it absolutely on the head as to what the essence of this letter is.
1: And that is that Paul is
0: calling the Philippians to ongoing gospel partnership. Which will, generally speaking, be demonstrated through sacrificial partnership. And living out the implications of the gospel. So in the letters to the Philippians, Paul is saying to them again and again, partner with me. And live worthy of the calling that Jesus has called you. For. Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 30 do that again. But it does it in such a way that it allows us to hopefully hold in harmonious tension the two things we were seeking to do today. Which were, once again, to honor our brother and sister for the way that they have partnered with us. But also to draw attention to Jesus is the foundation for our hope and the reason why such partnership is so important. So, I want to put in front of you a very simple outline that will help you see the structure of this passage and hopefully get the message. Because the Lord Jesus has sacrificially loved us, we must sacrificially love one another, and we must sacrificially partner together for the spread of the gospel. You know these verses, they were taught to you a, a couple of weeks ago, but at the beginning of chapter 2, Paul says to the believers So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort <coughs> from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves, that each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So Paul has given an exhortation, and he gives them the foundation for the exhortation. He says in verse 6, who, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or sought after, but made himself nothing. as is customary in Paul's writings, he calls them to action, to tangible worship, but Paul always crowns that in who they are. Gospel responsibility always, without exception, not just in Paul's writings, but in all of the Bible, which is one unified story. Gospel responsibility always, always, without exception, flows with gospel identity. There is an exhortation for us to, to worship tangibly, but only because of what Jesus has done for us. We are not called to baseless living. All of our living is based upon what Jesus has done for us therefore, as we constantly emphasize in our church family, the gospel is for our justification that we might pass from death to life, that the guilty sentence might be removed, we might have the opportunity to live for him once again, pardoned, reconcile. The gospel is for justification. The gospel is also for our sanctification, fancy theological word for growth in Jesus. Growth in holiness. So, of course, Jesus gave himself that we might be pardoned. He became our substitute that we might pass from death to life. He took our punishment and gave us his righteousness. But the message of the gospel is for more than our conversion. The message of the gospel is for every day. So, all calls them to moral action. But he grounds that in the identity of who they are in Jesus. So because the Lord Jesus has sacrificially loved us, the one to whom every knee will bow, he's the Lord. He is Jesus. He is our Savior. Because our King and our Savior has sacrificially given himself for us must sacrificially love one another. And that's what Paul's doing in Philippians 2, verses 19-30. He says, I hope on the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. They all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. how as a son with a father. He has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see I will go him. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Aphroditus, my brother, and fellow worker, and fellow soldier, and your messenger, and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you, all, and has been distressed, because you heard that he was ill. Indeed he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, me. and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete his your service. Paul is seeking in this section to to commend, to affirm these various audiences the believers, but also to commend to them the character of his son, his childhood name, Timothy, and then their fellow servant, Epaphroditus. Paul is in prison. Timothy is with him. Timothy is one of the authors, senders of this letter. We know that from chapter 1, verse 1. Epaphroditus had been sent by the Philippians to Paul in prison to minister to him, to share with him, monetary gifts, yes, probably, and other things, and also to give him an update on, on what they were doing and how they were living. Paul has just come out of this section that I already read to you in verses 1-11, through 11, saying to them, live together in harmony, because Jesus has sacrificed himself for you in humility. You are to live that way toward one another, which of course runs counter to the way that we naturally want to live. We want to live for ourselves. We're good at that. One of the great mantras of, of Western thought is that we need to learn to love ourselves. That's, that's absolute. It's that's a joke. There is no one that has ever been born that has not already loved themselves. We love ourselves supremely. We're good at it. No one has to learn to love themselves problem is it's hard to love other people because we love ourselves so much. But as we see, get get this, as we see how God has vertically loved us, then there's an axis on which we can love one another. And loving one another is mere sentimentality if we don't understand the love that God has had for us. So as we understand how Christ loved us sacrificially, we learn to set aside our own prerogatives and selfishness and learn to love one another. Timothy loved Paul. Paul loved Timothy. We think of Paul as this amazing, like, superhero Christian guy. But he was a real guy. He had real relationships, and we see that perhaps nowhere more clearly in his relationship with Timothy. He wrote two letters to him later on in our New Testament. And again and again, he refers to him as his child. Timothy had a believing mother and grandmother, but it's likely that his father was not. And Paul was a spiritual father to Timothy because he led him to Christ, perhaps, or at least had a big influence on him early on. But even more than that, relationally, they were super connected. Paul commissioned him to one of the most important churches in in Ephesus. Paul trusted him. And notice here that, that he says in verse 20, I have no one like Timothy. Paul had a lot of friends. He had a lot of really faithful people around him, but there was no one like him. That's how I feel about you, James. I don't have would like. You. I have other people who have other things that they bring into my life. The elders, other friends here. Um, I prayed and prayed and prayed to pray, uh, give you the job and a He um, didn't answer. Challenge me when I'm stubborn. You have not been afraid to lovingly point out my tendency towards sin, even if you didn't use the S word. You have always encouraged You have stood with me through hard times of criticism but I didn't want to keep going. If Paul was not afraid in an exposition, understanding of who Jesus is in chapter 2, verses 1-11. to 11. Paul makes no bones about the supreme essence of his passion. In fact, later on in the letter he says, all the things that I've done, I'll well, like if I've met Christ. Chapter 1, for to me to live as Christ is to die as he doesn't get to be with Christ. You can never accuse Paul of not making much of Christ. And yet, when he makes much of Christ, he also says a lot about his Those two things are not in competition. Paul was not an egomaniac. He was not afraid to affirm those around him. Because of the axis of vertical love, Paul's horizontal axis, he loved. Because Christ loved Paul, Paul loved him. Because Jesus has loved us, we love you loved us. Same thing for Epaphroditus. He came and he served and he gave himself up to the point of sickness even near the point of death because he loved Paul. And he came because the Philippians loved Paul. And Paul was super concerned for the Philippians and he wanted Epaphroditus to go back to them. And Timothy was going to come with them because they loved each other. I've said to you many times and I'm gonna say it to you again and I'm sure I will say it to you many more times in years to come. I have never been among a group of people who love each other more in Christian church. We're not some big mega church, we don't have an amazing bus outside. I love being part of the church that does that. We have a lot of room to grow. Still. One way that we can grow is we can learn to affirm that. There's a few of us who are good at that. Most of us aren't. Partially because we're so focused on ourselves, it's hard to say things. We just want people to say things to us. It's hard to give it out. Some of us don't do it because it sounds awkward. Some of us don't do it because we're... So high and mighty that we think that if we ever affirm somebody, somehow we're like tracking to the glory of Jesus. Paul shows us the way. The Lord Jesus sacrificially loved, and therefore we are to love one another, giving of our resources, speaking words, encouraging, affirming. You see, when it really comes down to it, you have not loved if you have not given. Love is not love if it doesn't cost you something. There's a difference between love and sentimentality. The Lord Jesus sacrificed himself. He gave everything to show what real love was like, and and therefore we love like that. James said, you have done that among us. You have shown us what sacrificial love looks like. Because you are gripped by the notion that the God of the universe took on human flesh and sacrificed himself. That's why you But not just this, not just must we sacrifice and love one another because Jesus has done the same for us. But, but secondly, and really the thrust of what Paul is getting at throughout the letter, because Jesus has sacrificially loved us, we must sacrificially partner together for the spread of the gospel. And that's why we can give you love. Because as you go and make more disciples in Minneapolis, who will spread throughout the world and make more That's why we're here. We are here to see Jesus made much of. We are here that his fame might be made known. There is coming a day in the verses we've already read together where every knee will bow to him. And we want a lot of those knees to be on the legs, on the torsos, connected to the heads of those who love and have embraced Jesus in this life. That's what we want. Every knee will bow, but we want a lot of those kneeling knees to be on people who have embraced Jesus as Lord. That's why it's okay to send them away. We don't want to. That they're going because they they see that as a higher good, the highest good that we can possess, the highest good that we can embrace and pursue is that Jesus is made much of. Because guess what eternity is going to be like? It's going to be about making much of Jesus. The more we grow, the more tasteful that seems. Heaven, the eternal state, is misunderstood if that seems boring to you. And I don't say that to you to chide you, I say that to you so you understand that that eternity is not a tasteless thing. It's a wonderful thing. And if you don't have a taste for it yet, beg God for it and spend time with people like James and Sidney. And then you'll want it more and you'll want it more. And you'll want other people to join you there. God made this world for his glory. He is rescuing it for his glory. And Jesus will be at the center of that. Because we have been made and now rescued for his glory, we partnered together with Jesus and together that he might be made much of. That he might be glorified in this life in the hereafter. Timothy gave up his life to serve Paul. Paul gave up his life to serve the Philippians. That's, that's why the church existed in Philippi. Because Paul was willing to sacrifice. He was put in jail there. Epaphroditus gave his life up to partner together with Paul and the Philippians as the gospel might continue to spread. So, brothers and sisters, why are we here? We are here for the sake of the glory of Jesus. And as we love each other, and as we partner together for the spread of the fame of Jesus, Ohio and Minnesota, which is like some crazy tundra that I'm not even sure is really part of the United States, it's like way up there in a bunch of lakes. There, in Vietnam, in Dubai, Kenya, Pakistan, all over the world, we are living out the purpose for which Jesus came. To reconcile enemies, that they might become sons and daughters will then go out more so that's why we're here it's so very simply because the Lord Jesus has sacrificially loved us, we must sacrificially love Jesus said, he had done that because the Lord Jesus has sacrificially loved us, we must sacrificially part of the gospel, have done that Been on mission trips together all around the world I've seen you do it now you're going away to do it again. What's the application for us? Keep on doing it. And to you guys, keep on doing it. For us, let's keep on doing it. Let's keep on loving each other. Let's keep on sacrificing what God has given us for the spread of the final word of exhortation to James and to leave. Me I love you. I think. And to all of us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 to 14, Paul is speaking to his son. Timothy, I am not ashamed, for I know my apple I and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me, and the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us.